As an entrepreneur, it's very difficult to create uh, great uh, relationships. I mean, uh, we are very busy, we have a lot of things going on, and creating that balance between a healthy relationship or a healthy family, and at the same time, growing a thriving business can be very difficult. But, but, but the good news is that there is a solution, and that's what we are talking about today with my new guest. Welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in their world. And today, I have the pleasure to interview the one and only Adam Anderson. Now, Adam is an incredible human being. He's a successful serial entrepreneur who recently sold his cybersecurity firm. He realized that while he was crushing it in business, he was doing it at the price of destroying everyone around him, particularly his wife. After five years of hard work, Adam and uh, his wife Carrie changed their relationship from a source of pain and frustration to one of enrichment and a source of power. In fact, during this interview, uh, we talk about uh, the entrepreneurial relationships that can be a pain in the ass, <laughs> but, and what ass stands for, <laughs> there's an acronym there, and uh, also the three C's uh, which that you can use to build healthy relationships, and as well how to create incredible relationships as an entrepreneur. So it's a must listen. For every person who is in business, because whether you are married, whether you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, whether you have relationships with your family, we all have relationships in our lives. And you can apply what you will learn from this interview in every relationship in your life. Now, before we get started, I want to remind you that if you want to create six-figure presentations and become awesome at selling from the stage, Without compromising your integrity, I have created the ultimate selling from the state checklist, which is the most comprehensive checklist to create a pitch that sells without using sleazy and manipulative techniques. Make sure you download it right now, straight away. And also, if you like community, if you want to be part of something bigger, because you believe that together we can achieve more than I doing everything on our own, then join our Facebook group. It's called Explode Your Expert Biz Group, Explode Your Expert Biz Community. You can find it on Facebook or you can scroll down and the link is here in the show notes. Now it's time to get started. Enjoy episode 243, Entrepreneurial Relationship Can Be a Pain in the Ass with Adam Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show. I'm here with my good friend, Adam Anderson. How are you doing, Adam? I am so good. I cannot even like explain how good I am. This energy is going through the roof right now. That, that's awesome. Well, you were definitely full of energy on the island uh, where we met in Croatia. That right? was uh, about a month ago already. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> exactly. Like for for those of you guys listening, uh, so I can give you some context. Uh, Adam and I met on this, and like, was it an entrepreneurial holiday? 
kind of yeah. like, got a yeah. bunch of really successful people in an island having fun and learning and connecting and supporting each other which was a beautiful experience it's called baby about the water check it out uh, definitely i can highly recommend it but uh, and and by the way, it's not a baby but water. It's not a sponsor of the show. It's just a good recommendation, <laughs> right? Right. It's, it's always a great good. Recommendation. To, it's yeah. good to put the disclaimer. So, Adam and I were chatting away over dinner, and we immediately connected, and we said, "Okay, Adam, I gotta have you on my show because people need to hear from you." So, how did you tell us a bit more about you, your crazy journey as an entrepreneur? What what got yeah. you to the point where you are right now? So I uh, fell into entrepreneurship uh, um, after kind of a dare where I got I dared to not want to work for these people anymore. So uh, I've had 19 companies, um, 14 of them have failed. I call that my nonprofit work. Um, we have five that are currently running. I have one successful exit. And actually, I'm about to close two of those down because I'm about 20, 30K into uh, two startups and they're just not panning out. So don't throw good money after bad, right? Yep, absolutely. So tell me a bit more about the companies. Were all your companies uh, that you started, were you there as an investor or bunch Well, of I was, agri- yeah, so I was either the primary founder mm-hmm. who did all the work or I was an investor in them. And I've had two companies now where I've tried to take outside funding. One of them, I deployed 650000 of my own dollars and raised twenty k, and then the whole thing <laughs> collapsed, right? So we, I did that one wrong. That one was a giant dumpster fire of entrepreneurship. But um, I still have all the intellectual property. I'm I'm going to salvage fashion eventually. But this new one that I'm doing, we've raised over a million right now, and I'm only 150,000 of that, and we look like we're going to get to 1.5 million on this raise. And I tell you what, uh, raising money versus doing this yourself, it is a completely different ballgame. It is just, you know, different kind of entrepreneurship when one is your focus on the customer and the other one, your focus on your investors. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I do, I do not suggest raising money to anyone. <laughs> but my question, my question was going to be, which part did you, which, uh, which part do you enjoy the most? But I think you already answered that. <laughs> I, well, here's the thing is that there's learning curves on both of them and you have it. Not every company should raise money because they're not the right kind of company, right? And so when you can be really, really frustrated and waste so much time, you go try to raise money, but you're not a massively scalable, da 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 da, right? You, if you're a lifestyle company trying to do a mission, uh, and by the way, lifestyle companies can be twenty to fifty million dollars. That's fine, but those are not also applicable for. Funding these guys that I'm I'm talking to, all they really want to do is know we're building a billion dollar company because they have a responsibility to provide returns to their stakeholders, right? So yeah. they need home runs. They're not interested in base hits. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to know. I want to explore a bit deeper here because uh, um, 19 companies, man. <laughs> Man, 19 freaking... They were yes. all in different industries or they were in the similar... Yeah. Inter- well, so I had, a, I had a problem. My very first company was successful. 
And I had just dropped out of college. I just quit working with IBM. Um, and so I started a cybersecurity company and it was absolutely crushing it. Eventually I got it up to uh, 3 million in revenue with 20 nerds working for me and uh, I fired myself from it. And I had a business that was running itself, giving me money. And that told me I was good. How old were you then? Uh, I fired my. I started the company when I was 26, and I fired myself at 33. Right. 33. Right. So, yeah. Here's the problem, though. I wasn't good, brother. I was lucky, and I did hard work. <laughs> <laughs> so it took me 18 other tries to figure out like all of the lessons learned. Like I didn't have an MBA, so I started an internet cafe, and we made three thousand dollars a month, but I was spending fourteen thousand. I learned cash flow. That's a thing, right? Yeah. So each one of these companies was a emotional scar on my heart that taught me a business lesson. Yeah. And I, I, there's a statistic out there somewhere, and I'll, I'll butcher it, but basically an entrepreneur makes all of their money between ages 50 and 60 because they have learned all of these lessons, and now they just make such really good plays. And I feel like I can feel that happening, right? I, I, I say no to so many things now, right? I'm like, no, no, we're good. I don't need to start a knife company. We hire. <laughs> I have a buddy. He's, he's the drummer in the band Shinedown, right? And he's oh, like, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm over 40 and rock and roll doesn't treat 40-year-olds well. I need a plan B. How about we come up with rock and roll-themed cutlery? I'm like, yeah, no worries. I got you, bro. I'll be your entrepreneur in residence, right? So we get in there and he... I'm like, okay, what's the coolest way? Let's hire the guy who designed the weapons for Lord of the Rings and have him design the custom knives. Sure. And, right? And then uh, we, so we get that guy and he makes these amazing things. Like the knives have no guards on them. So you might accidentally cut yourself because he wants them to be dangerous. I'm like, fine, you're rock and roll. I get it, right? <laughs> We're about to order 60,000 knives from China, right? And I say, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I don't know how to sell knives, dude. <laughs> I don't have a distribution plan. We have a product, and I, we're going to be giving it away I, for Christmas, right? Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your friends and family, they're going to be having a lot of knives. Yeah, for the next 24 years, everyone gets knives. <laughs> Christmas, lunch, dinner, uh, yeah, the, birthdays, bar mitzvahs. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and, and it, it goes on and on, an online jewelry company, da, 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 da. it eventually got to the point where my wife is like, Adam, I love you so much, but let's look at your track record. The only place you've ever made money is in cybersecurity. That's it. So I've had three cybersecurity companies. I've got, uh, uh, I sold my cybersecurity company and she's like, I love you dearly, but I will get one of those stupid ass knives and stab you <laughs> if you start anything else that's not a cybersecurity company. It's like I stop fucking about playing uh, around. It's, yeah. it's, like, <laughs> it's like you know how to make money, go make money. You know, yeah. Good. Okay. Get a hobby. Get a yeah, hobby asshole. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't put don't put six six hundred grand in in there. Yes. Just have a hobby and then make your oh, money. Yeah. All right, that's cool, man. So I mean, that's cool. I mean, it is uh, it is fascinating your journey. Love it. The um, uh, what I want uh, what I want to ask you is uh, which one is the company actually who uh, hurt the most. Um, when it when it went down, because you know sometimes we start companies that is not uh, just uh, we see a good mm -hmm. business opportunity, a good way to make money, but some they are way more than that. 
Um, do you have any, anyone in mind? Yeah, I think it was the Internet Cafe because it was a, my first time ever trying to do a brick-and-mortar physical place. Mm-hmm. And it was very public. Like with digital companies, you close one down, no one knows. Like uh, the two companies I'm closing down right now, the only person who knows they're in existence is really me and the people I'm working with. But when you have a shingle on a main street and you've got every, all your local friends and family yeah. know that it's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, Man, I felt so humiliated. I felt so much like a failure. And I mean, I'm still running a multi-million dollar company, but I got this $250,000 crater that I just created with this year-long experiment. And I couldn't even drive down that street. I would drive around so I didn't have to see that building again. It took me about a year and a half before I realized, oh, this is kind of stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Let me take the road again. (laughs) I'm adding like 10 minutes to my commute. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that I feel like that one probably hurt the most because that was my first real was my first six digit failure and it was a very public failure and my wife felt shame right because her friends knew about it and I, I really learned at that point that what I did in business impacted my life impacted my friends and all around where before I was winning 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 no matter what right I was yeah. printing money and I thought I was untouchable. And this was my first experience going, oh, crap, this is for real. Uh, if, if you don't do this thing the right way, it has ripple effects through your entire life. Did you find that you had uh, like pressure from uh, other people, like friends and family, because of your previous success to make this one a success? Yeah, everyone there Was that felt... additional pressure in terms of... Well, it, it was... So no, the way the pressure showed up is everyone just assumed it would work because I was involved, hmm. right? And I didn't feel pressure from that because I also assumed it would work because I was involved, right? I had a bad, um, I had a blind spot because I had so much self-confidence. And I love self-confidence. You have to have it. But self-confidence without stewarding awareness, right, without understanding how the big picture works is so super dangerous. And so um, I began to feel pressure towards the end when I was like, I got to shut this thing down. And then I felt like, well, no, I need to really double down and try to make this a success because at this point, you know, I had created almost a community center for young people to come as a refuge from and learn how to use computers and things like that. So like, oh, I have a calling. I got a need to help these folks. Um, But, yeah, there was a whole lot of pressure to succeed because I've done it before. And I had my identity wrapped up with I'm a guy who wins. I'm not a guy who loses. And, uh, well, <clears throat> we we, uh, we modified that identity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank, thanks for sharing, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I appreciate it. Because um, it's true when uh, sometimes uh, we have that external pressure because we make something work. And uh, I think uh, because of that external pressure, we sometimes we can make decisions when we know we should close something or yeah. we should shut something down because it's not working and it yep. doesn't mean that we are bad people or we are not good it means that that thing didn't work but it takes a few of these experiences to really internalize it and mm-hmm. to to have that cold detachment from who you are and what you create absolutely because a business is like a, for an artist a painting like it's not just a, a, a business you put your creativity you put your your heart and soul and hopes and mm-hmm. dreams and sweat and tears and experience everything in there and so for everyone who is listening 
you know, if there is something that you know in your heart that is not working, doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you are not good or you're a bad person. It means that maybe that thing is not working and it's time to move on. And that's fine. Yeah. And that's fine too. So uh, before we go into the, uh, another question, I want to ask you now the, the opposite side. Which one is the companies that you are the most proud of at this stage? Is it still the first one or is that another one? Uh, I would say it's probably still the first one because that one I started from zero. I took it to one. Then I took it to 100. And I learned all of my lessons there. And I and it's the company that really gave me the ability to do all the other things. And so um, the reason I'm I'm proud of it, the reason it gives me the most pleasure is uh, I built like a, a family there. Right. I had these employees. And, oh, by the way, it's a double edged sword. Never build a family business. That's a mistake. <laughs> but like, I mean, so, so you build it with your family. I, I hired my older brother, and by the way, if you ever have a chance to make an older brother work for you, do it. You can level so much karma, right? You'd be like, yeah, you need to move that computer. <laughs> no, there ain't no reason. Move the computer. Now move it back, right? It's all good, right? So, but the, the family business and then this, this whole idea that you should take care of everybody in your company, you should. But I, I moved from being a family business because everyone has that drunk uncle that you just have to take care of. No, in a, in a company, you got to fire that drunk uncle, right? Yeah. I like a professional sports team where everyone has a role. Everyone knows exactly how they do. We all support and care for each other. But if you're a skilled player not doing your job, the team requires you to move on so that we can put the right player in, right? Mm-hmm. So I learned all of those lessons in that company. I learned – and to me, it's like uh, – it, it's a very, very special company to me because of everything I learned. Um, and that's what still I'm re- running, and that the company it running. is. Yeah, so, someone else so is do, running it. Do you still do you still have family members working there, or did they all move on? They all moved on. Actually, <laughs> I, I had to give my brother permission. Uh, eventually, I got him to be the president of the company, and I moved on. And I'm I'm doing my own thing, and he's running my shop. And uh, I said, you know, you you came in, and you've been working with me for about. I guess seven years now. And the reason you came to work with me is because you wanted to work with me. But now you're running the show and I'm absenteed. I'm not even there. I was gone for about three years at that point. I said, you've done your time. If you want to move on and do something else, you absolutely could do that. And he's like, oh, thank God. I've got so many job offers. I'm on my way. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it becomes on top of the business relationship. Now you have the personal relationship that you want, don't want to let your family down. And uh, yeah, so... Mm-hmm. that's like a hundred times more difficult that's already keeping up with the family like business is already stressful in its own family is, is family <laughs> yeah yeah this business wow. pays my mortgage now it's also going to pay your mortgage right yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. your entire family is dedicated yeah the, the whole mounting pressure of responsibility on entrepreneurs shoulders is devastating if you don't do what you just said where you move your identity away from your role mm-hmm. like who I am is wrapped up in my art, but my art is not me. I can have a bad painting. That's fine. I'll yeah. go paint another Does, one. Doesn't mean I have a bad painter. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That that's so. That was a great introduction to what we're going to talk about uh, in a moment. Because uh, uh, when I asked you, okay, so what should we talk about? You mentioned that business relationship can be a pain in the ass, and yeah. <laughs> yes, and ass was written uh, in capital letters with three dots, and I was like, yes. okay, that, that's that's fascinating. Tell me a bit more about that. 
So inside of entrepreneur relationships, and mine is a marriage with my wife, but we, you know, whatever, right? Whatever your partnership is, whatever your relationship is, the people in that relationship are feeling the same thing. That's alone, stressed, and scared, various degrees, right? That was a big aha moment for my wife and I, where we both felt like we were drowning. And, uh, you know, I'm off there crushing it, building empires, feeling like I'm doing a good job, but I'm absolutely alone because I can't talk to my employees. I can't talk to my friends. I can't do it. So I'm by myself off creating empires and she's at home and she is in her role. She was taking care of the kids. We call her the CFO, the chief family officer, right? She's running <laughs> the entire thing. Right. And she can't bitch to her friends because, you know, we, one day we lost $2 million. Who is she going to complain about to that, right? Oh, must be nice to be able to lose to, right? So, so we were both completely isolated. Yeah. We were alone. We were stressed. We couldn't talk to anybody. And I have, I began to develop an awful lot of fear. I was developing fear that I wasn't as good as I thought I was, and this whole thing is going to fall apart. And she was developing fear. I have no idea where the money's coming from. I have no security. And so, you know, entrepreneurial relationships can be a pain in the ass, alone, stressed, and scared. What was that? Was she working at the time, or was she working in the business, or was she taking care of the uh, family at home? Yeah, she was a, a a pediatric nurse for a while, but we took on a foster daughter, and when we did that, the time constraints were too much, and so family was so complicated, and they'd schedule with two kids and a foster daughter and all this stuff. She quit her job and was a full time CFO, full time chief family officer, and you know. <laughs> our lifestyle scale, brother. We uh, we spent the money we made, and so her getting her job at doing a pediatric nurse, making you know forty thousand dollars a year, was absolutely inconsequential, right? It was like, okay, we're going to spend more for you to have this career than we would if you were home. And by the way, hmm. if she had a calling to be a nurse, if she's like, I love this more than anything, we would spend the extra money because the money is not the important part; yeah, it's what's yeah. fulfilling you, right? But she hated her job. So uh, we, it makes sense. So now she's a stay-at-home mom, running kids all over the place, keeping the, the, uh, the property up, all the things. And I'm off traveling 100% of the time. And we both tried to protect each other from the chaos and of our individual worlds. So she didn't want to let me know that the kids were suffering or blah, blah, blah. And I didn't want her to know that I'm having problems closing this big deal. And we had a marriage counselor, and she's like, oh, sounds like you guys are protecting yourself right out of a marriage. Because, <laughs> like, I didn't want to put anything on her. She didn't want to put anything on me. And we began to resent each other. We began to really mm -hmm. dislike each other. For about five years of our marriage, uh, we got real close to divorce, like, almost every other month. And it was just by luck that or hard work that we kept in the game until we learned what a healthy, good relationship looked like in balance with a healthy and good business and it turns out so for, from from your experience because uh, there are like there is a one thing that i've seen because uh, starting my business uh, uh starting my first business at 22 so your peer group changes so when you're talking Ooh, about the loan like yeah. i had my peer group was in their 30 or 40 since uh, i was 22 because there were not that many like when i when mm -hmm. i started it was that nine years ago um, being an entrepreneur wasn't as trendy as it was as it is now. <laughs> now is it now is trendy with social media? Right. Like someone is fifteen is already an entrepreneur with the seventeen businesses already. Sure, uh, sure. but the uh, eight, nine years ago it wasn't that case. So uh, 
and uh, I looked around and the majority of them, they were divorced. Majority of the male entrepreneur that uh, I was hanging around with, that they were successful. Yeah. They all had at least one divorce. <laughs> at least. Some people yep. two or three. And, uh, and I was like, and for me, coming from Italy, I don't know if it's just because I'm Italian, but family isn't really important to me. And for me, the idea of a successful entrepreneur is someone that actually can have a great business mm -hmm. and a great family life. Now, mm -hmm. I've realized being married for only two years how difficult that is, and I see why <laughs> a oh, lot it, of people it, it were only divorced. Gets yeah, that's, two years but, is the hard part. You're all good after that. Oh, uh, so that's weird. good. Thanks. <laughs> I really, it makes me feel way better now. But but I, I realized, okay, now I see why. And in fact, uh, um, even after the first year, because she's running her own business herself, and mm -hmm. I'm running my own one. And still, we don't have kids at this stage, but they will come into the equation at some point. So mm -hmm. we are we are navigating uh, our minefield here, and uh, we decided to go and seek some help, uh, and it was incredibly useful. I mean, uh, the yep. level of relationship that we have right now is nothing compared to the one that we had before because of that support that we had. Mm -hmm. So the question I want to ask you is for people that are going through something similar or they might be seeing that something similar can happen, what happened to you? What is the biggest piece of advice you would give to prevent this to happen? Yeah, you need to change your mindset. For some reason, we feel like when we get into these marriages and into these relationships, we should intuitively know what to do, right? We, whenever you learn anything new in your business, you go hire a coach. Whenever you knew anything, you find a mentor. Whenever you, da, 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 da. But for some reason in these relationships, we feel like we have all the answers mm -hmm. and we'll figure it out. And it should be easy. This is the hardest thing you're going to do. <laughs> that's another human being, right? That, that's a thing. They're, and they are complex and they are difficult. And it's wonderful when it works. And it's, it's like the highest highs you'll ever have and the lowest lows you'll ever have. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing is change your perspective that you should be able to handle this. And understand that it's completely okay to do what you did, which is go get help. And help can be counseling and help can be coaching and help could just be like, you know, whatever it looks like that fits your world. Hmm. I mean, the way I, I tell folks is that my wife and I go to marriage counseling once a year, whether we need it or not. It's yeah. a it's a it's a checkup because life changes. The last time we went in, we sat down in front of the counselor and said, we're going to be here for six weeks. And, you know, what I want is a new set of tools to communicate with each other because life has changed. Our kids are now older, our parenting strategies are different, da, da, da. I, I just use that to get on the same page. Mm -hmm. And it is completely okay to proactively go get help before it's a dumpster fire. Because when yeah. you are in that, that, that conflict state where you can't even stand to see each other, brother, it's so much harder to have healthy, constructive conversations. So change your perspective. It's okay to go get help and it's okay to work on your relationships. Yeah, thank, thanks for the piece of advice here. Uh, for everyone who has a relationship, I mean, um, we decided to go there not because the relationship wasn't like it was at a breaking point, but we could see that... Uh, it could get there if we kept mm -hmm. going it that way. Mm -hmm. And so that was her call. And she said, no, we need some help here because that's not what I signed up for. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 
<laughs> and I was like, and you know, at the time when I called your men shit come up and it's like, oh, but I got, I got this fucking business to run. And I'm a failure as a man, like all the yeah, fucking yeah. men shit that came up, that came up at that point. But <laughs> which is an inc- another level of, uh, of that journey. So. Um, mm-hmm. Now, we talked about relationship can be a pain in the ass. So you mentioned that uh, uh, there is the element of alone, stress, and scared. And both parties feel um, those same emotion, just in a different experience. And yep. So communication is something which is crucial. So now you maintain, uh, you also were mentioning uh, the three C's of a healthy relationship. So let's start going through the, C- the three C's that, uh, that sure. you mentioned there. So the, the three C's are chill, communicate, and community. So chill is um, how do you personally fill back up again? Most of us forgot what joy is, right? Most mm. of us, after you're doing this for a while, don't know what makes you happy anymore, what fills you up. And so chill is understanding what charges you up. What's your identity? Who are you? Having your partner also go through that and then coming together. And mm-hmm. saying, by the way, these are the things. And so my, my father has held the hands of over 400 people on their deathbeds when he was in the military doing combat stress, death and dying. And he realized that there were two kinds of people, people who died with regret and people who didn't. And the people who didn't lived their major themes. And the major themes are, uh, I'll give you some homework real quick. I'll, I'll bust through it fast. Go for it. One column on a piece of paper, write down everything you can remember that's ever brought you joy. And if you're super depressed you might only have two or three things. Go back as far in time as you need to, like back to high school if you need, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife came up with like 28 and I came up with like three because I was in a bad, that was a bad day. I, I put the paper down and tried again later. So one column, all the joys. The other column, times you felt successful, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I gave this talk and these guys came up afterwards and said they changed my life. Oh, I did it, right? And what you do is you draw lines and you create themes and you want to get between three or four, maybe five, major themes and those themes will find with those fill, uh, show up in your life you are filling yourself up with joy mm-hmm. so do that exercise each of you solo and then come together and find where your major themes come together and guess what you just did you got every date night for the rest of your life right <laughs> i love it right because here's the thing is yeah, yeah, if yeah. you know what brings you joy and your partner knows what brings them joy and then you do the things together and by the way, they won't be 100% compatible, but maybe 20%, and then do those things, and you will unlock joy in your relationship. So that's what chill is all about. How do you show up as the best, most self-aware person in your relationship so that you guys can empower each other to go out and get filled up? Well, do this exercise tonight with my wife. I've never done this one. Never <laughs> right done on, this yeah. one. Go for it. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Right. Are you are you one already? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all good, brother. That's all, tell me how it goes. Send me your results. I'll, I'll I want to know, you know what this looks like, right? You know. So you, you've chilled. Now you've figured out what brings you, you joy now, and you found out what brings joy to your relationship. Guess what? You're going to fail at that if you don't do the next thing. Learn how to communicate well, right? Because if you roll in and say, I love skydiving, we're doing that, right? <laughs> and, and you don't have the ability to communicate, you're absolutely out of luck. So communication comes in two different forms. One is successful conflict conversations. When things get you know, tough, how do you have that conversation? Because you have two different normal states. Normal social skills, that's give and take, we're talking, that's fine. And then it escalates to you need a lawyer, right? <laughs> well, in the, in the middle there, 
is conflict. And if you can have that yeah. successful conflict conversation, you can you can do great things. Uh, the second one is uh, how do you communicate regularly? Because it's not that you don't want to share things. It's just there's never a good time. So we recommend everybody does a family business meeting. That's a 15-minute uh, scrum. That's a 15-minute stand-up meeting. Uh, we review the calendar. Hey, what's going on? When you get kids, it gets so much more complicated. It's like, all right, I got to drop Eva off at drama camp. I got to do bad, 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 right? We almost got divorced because we kept overbooking each other. Because right. who's, who's, who's more important? Does my calendar entry win or does hers, right? Yeah, yeah. Having a conversation before the week starts is a lot more healthy than yelling at each other on the phone, right? So that's communication. Yeah. Um, and then finally, it's community. And you discovered this when... You, um, before we go, before we go to community, um, yeah. how often do you have your uh, your family meetings? Is that once a week? Once a week, every Sunday, and every the Sunday. first that's we the week it started for us on Monday. So we find that Sunday night after we put the kids to bed, uh, we take fifteen minutes and uh, we run through it. And I've got a template for all this stuff that I'll, I'll share with you, and you can distribute it out. But the idea here is. It should be a 15-minute meeting. If they come up with a fight, if there's something in the middle, you say, that's important, but that deserves more time than we have for right now. We have to get through the meeting. So we'll bring up our calendars and we'll put an hour. We'll, you'll, we'll schedule the fight for later in the week when we have time. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's powerful. And it, it will piss one of them off. Somebody in the relationship won't like that. Somebody <laughs> wants to spend the next five hours hashing it out. And that's fine. You deserve those five hours, but we're going to get to that on a schedule not, right? not during the family meeting because the family meeting has to get done there's so many important things that we have yes. to touch on and if i need to tell you that we just lost two million dollars but we're still arguing about uh who's taking the kid to school i i need to be able to get through the thing yeah. and yeah. you use this as an opportunity to have a safe place to have non-emotional conversations about data this is a this is just what you would do in any business right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So we take business practices and we bring them into the family, and then we apply family intelligence to business practices, right? Makes perfect sense. All right, let's move to community. All right, community. That was the thing that I suffered the most for. Uh, you and I are lucky because we are intentional, and you went out and found communities. There are a lot of entrepreneur communities. Uh, my wife said, where the hell is mine, right? Where's the community for the, the poor soul who's in a relationship with the entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So you, we, you, you go through and you have to be intentional with your community building. So what we did is we audited the thing. And I say, look, you've got your personal community. That's your friends and your family. Then you got your business community. Who am I networking with? And then your professional support community. Who are your lawyers? Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. CPA, ba da da. And how do you go about intentionally planning that? Uh, I li listened to um, the self-care podcast you had a couple of episodes back, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and she nailed it. She nailed the it. The one right? with the Yvette, I think. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. She crushed it, right? Because the whole, what is the purpose of that person in your life? What is the purpose for uh, uh, of these communities? And they're supposed to be scaffoldings and support structures that help you manifest what you're trying to get done. And mm -hmm. so... We take so much time in our companies with HR, right? We don't just hire somebody. We have all these processes and procedures, da, 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 da. but in our personal communities and in our family communities, we're very passive. We just let it happen. I'm suggesting that you take the exact same 
intentionality with community building for your personal life, for your family life, and for your you know, support scaffolding mm-hmm. that you do inside of your company. Because garbage in with people gets you garbage out with your joy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. So powerful. So chill, communication, community. Guys, uh, this is a podcast that I would recommend you to listen at least twice. <laughs> Just on <laughs> what we've talked about so far. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because uh, it is uh, the core of everything. And um, maybe you're, if you're not married, you have people in your life that uh, uh, you care about, whether it's your family, whether it's friends. And uh, you can apply the same rules, uh, whether it's uh, to your family, whether it's to your spouse or partner. And uh, because uh, otherwise it's so easy to get caught up in the doing and uh, and the thrill and the highs and lows of business that it becomes only about that and yeah. who is paying the price is are the people around you first but then is yourself when you will find that there is no one else around you and uh, I, I got I got to be honest I think I consider myself really lucky because I saw that from uh, being surrounded by much older people at the beginning of my journey I was like, that's not what I, what I want my life to be. I mean, like these people sit next to they have everything on the outside, but man, as I, yeah. it becomes a lonely life, and that's not the kind of life I want to live. And of course, there are sacrifices to be made. It's not just saying, okay, now you're forgetting about your business, not having this kind of conversation, but it's about having that balance where you can keep both afloat. So. I have another question, which is how do you then deal, in particular in your family, uh, when, uh, you know, in in any business uh, there are cycles. Uh, There are cycles Mm -hmm. where you have to put more in and there are cycles where the business gives you back a bit more and you can relax. Um, So how do you then balance uh, when you have done cycles and maintaining that same level of uh, um, joy and happiness with your family? Well, it, uh, let's dispel the illusion that you won't maintain joy and happiness uh, okay. in your family 100% of the time. You yeah. are absolutely right that cycles are happening. Uh, we, we call them seasons, right? There's seasons in a business where you got to grind. There's seasons in the business where you got to do what you need to do. Um, and if you don't run your business well, where you are going to become obsolete, like if you're the product, if you are the person who is producing everything and you are uh, a guy doing an hourly rate for uh, uh, 40 hours, blah, blah, blah. If you don't show up and you don't make money, then it's really difficult. So the first step is you got to work on your business so that you can have freedom from that business. You want We want you to get to uh, – I did a, a talk in Bangkok that's on the four um, phases of the business. I'll give you the punchline. There's this great – a consultant named Eric Cartman from South Park. And he says the four four stages of business is cash in, sell out, bro down. I want you to get to bro down where your company is working for you, right? How you spend your time should not be directly related to how you generate your wealth. And when you can get your business to there, you have a whole lot more freedom. Now, let's say you're not there already and you're working towards it. By doing these family business meetings and by sitting down with your spouse or your partner and coming up with shared vision, mission, and values for your family, then you're ready for the seasons, right? Like, for example, I want to uh, build a thousand companies 
that are $1 million each and I want to have a billion dollars. That's what I want to do because I want to build an engine that I can do philanthropy and I can build a space station, whatever. I want all the things, right? My wife doesn't give a damn about that vision, right? So if I'm sitting here saying, honey, we're going to have to sacrifice because I'm launching this company and we got to do the thing and it's not aligned with her. Oh, son, that's hard. But if we sat down and we came up with a shared vision for our family mm-hmm. that includes the business and includes mm-hmm. our family, yeah. then when those seasons come, we're on the same page. And rather than going home and having a fight, I go home and I have a cheerleader. I have someone saying, oh, I really am so thankful that you're doing this thing that's going to help us get our family vision. Now, that's super important because I would be on the road crushing it and building empires, feeling like I was sacrificing for our family and getting angry because I was being disrespected when I got home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason that was happening because she never had a voice in what I was building. Mm -hmm. So giving a voice and having a shared vision, shared values, shared goals means that as you start having these grindy times where you just have to pour it all out, you're doing that together. You're doing that as a team. And it is just so much better. It's still hard, right? You'll still have conversations and conflict. Mm -hmm. But now you've got a, it's not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals 10. It's unbelievable how much energy you have for these things. Absolutely. Man, it's been uh, it's been great so far. And as I said, uh, everyone needs to re-listen to this interview at least (laughs) twice. At least twice. So, um, now... Adam, we are at the stage where we are that we call the lifting the veil. And so mm-hmm. that's what I ask all my guests to share a tool, resources, books, uh, things that uh, you use to make your life or your business better. What's uh, that for you? I got two things. I got uh, two uh, books. You bloody overachiever. Yes, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is an amazing book called The Ideal Team Player. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the kind of human beings you want inside your company and inside your life. And since it's all about relationships and healthy community, mm-hmm. you, you have to uh, read this book. I listen to it because I, I love podcasts and I travel a lot. So yeah, it's about yeah. an eight hour listen. It's a narrative. It's a real great book. Uh, highlights humble, hungry and smart. You want these kind of people in your life. Now, the second one is. Do you, do you remember the author by any chance or just type? Uh, it's the guy. Who, it's the guy who did the uh, four dysfunctions of a team. Uh, I can't remember his name. All right, just type the ideal team player, and we'll put uh, guys the links in the show notes. So I'm taking notes about these resources. Cool. Uh, the second book is called Ready, Fire, Aim: From Zero to 100 Million in No Time Flat. And this guy has the operating system to move from the four different stages. Right. Zero to a million, a million to five million, five million to twenty five and twenty five beyond and what you need to be worried about. And so wherever you are in your stage, you can flip to where he talks about it. And he tells you the three things you need to worry about and the three numbers you need to track and the three things you got to do. I'm like, oh, easy. <laughs> and this is the operating system I use for all of my startups. For oh, all my- that's awesome. I actually heard about this book before, and I think it was someone mentioning uh, when we were in the island. Um, I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to read this one, and also the ideal team player because uh, I never read in this case 
I will listen <laughs> to yeah. uh, I, I haven't had them yet so I'll, I'll give it a go uh, thank you thank you so the ideal team player and then the other one ready fire aim uh, Adam has been an absolute pleasure having you here today if someone wants to get in touch with you uh, want to keep connecting with you what do you have for our guys yeah, head over to wlemission.com slash G-T-E-X. And there'll be a landing page there that's going to have all kinds of stuff like a assessment, a three C's assessment that you can take that lets you know how you're dealing with chill uh, communication and community. And by the way, uh, punchline, we're usually good at two of those. <laughs> One of them usually sucks, right? So, uh, you know, you can go check out what that is. We'll have links to some of the, uh, the uh, free downloads for some of the, uh, the tools we talked about and also just, you know, all, all the good goodies there, right? So head over to wlemission.com slash G-T-E-X. Yeah, so wlemission.com forward slash G-T-E-X. The link is in the show notes, so you can just scroll down and uh, get it straight away. I'm definitely going to do my 3C assessment. Uh, <laughs> so do it as well. And then let us know in the reviews. Leave us a review on the podcast and let us know how did that go. Or uh, uh, we'll put also the contact details of Adam and let Adam know as well how you found the assessment. Um, you know, it's a lot of time. We put uh, all this uh, content out there. We do all these interviews and people had great results and great breakthroughs and we don't know. <laughs> so That's right. That, that's actually why we do this for. Yes. <laughs> it's like I had people contacting me like three years later. Say, oh, that podcast that you did. Like, why didn't you tell me? That's, <laughs> that's right. That's why I do what I do. So let Adam know because uh, uh, he's in here to help. Uh, and he's uh, definitely a great guy. You want to connect with. Um, it's been a, a definitely a pleasure having our numerous conversations on the island and now here on the show and then the ones that we will have in the future so adam thanks again thanks for being part of the show hey thank you for having me this is awesome you do great work Thanks, man. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, watching or listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, click that juicy subscribe button right now. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao.